Hello everyone and welcome back to Happy Human Club. I'm Soph Mosca. I'm the host of this podcast and you guys, we are going to be doing a very fun... This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch, find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. An episode today very juicy, R-rated, personal, all the above. I went on Instagram and I asked you guys to ask me personal questions. And of course y'all delivered as I knew you would. Um, so I picked some that are, you know, kind of all over the place, all different categories and whatnot. And I'm going to answer them. I have quite a few screenshotted. I don't know if I'll get through all of them. Um, but that's that's what I got for y'all today. So let's hop right in. I think I might go in reverse order, okay? So let's do it. The first question is, what gives you the biggest ick? And I've talked about this a lot on, like whenever anyone asks me this, and I cannot stand arrogance. Oh my God. It like makes the eyes roll, my eyes roll in the back of my head. I feel like it makes my toes curl. <laughs> I hate arrogance. It's not confidence. Confidence is hot. Confidence is cool. Arrogance. There's a difference. It's like, oh, it's just so icky. Like it's almost like people that are arrogant are often the ones who are 
realistically the most insecure and just like not happy with themselves and to overcompensate. They're really, really arrogant and it grosses me out so bad. And I like, if I get the ick, I can't unick it. And that's like my biggest issue (laughs) is I have a really hard time. Like I will see the best in you until you show me something that's like arrogance or something that is just not cool. And then I can't unsee it. And I can't, I can't be nice to you once I see it. Like I, not that I'm going to be outright mean, but I can't pretend to like you. Like you're probably going to start being like, does this girl like me? Because I, I can't do it. I can't do the arrogance. Like arrogance is one of the most disgusting things that a human can do. So that's my greatest ick (laughs) for sure. Um, The next question is, do you miss your old relationship sometimes? So I'm assuming you guys are talking about my public relationship with Avery. And I will say this. I don't miss, like, I don't want to be in that relationship. I've moved on. But what I will say is I miss the ignorance that I had when I was in that relationship. So like, would I go back to that relationship? No, but I miss how it felt to be blissfully, ignorantly in love. And that's the feeling that I miss. But I think that that's absolutely something that I can feel again. Maybe less of the like ignorance is bliss type of thing. Like maybe not so ignorant. Maybe I'm like more aware of how downhill a relationship can go. But um, I think that I still believe that I will feel that way again. And that's just like how love feels and I miss feeling in love, but I don't miss my old relationship. If that makes sense. Next question is greatest late night snack. Okay. This is actually like, I feel like some of you are going to be like, girl, come on now. But genuinely, this is my favorite snack to have at night. Okay. Cottage cheese. I know I just lost like half of you, but just, just follow along. Cottage cheese some sort of fruit, like strawberries, blueberries, even mango, like literally any fruit, a nut of your choice, for example, walnuts, almonds, pecans, whatever, Um, some sort of chocolate, whether it be like chocolate chips, chocolate chunks, chocolate bar, brownie, any sort of chocolate, and cinnamon, and peanut butter, all in a bowl together. It's sort of like think oatmeal, but instead of oats, it's cottage cheese. But like anything you would put on oatmeal is really good with cottage cheese. And oh my God, it's so good. It's filling. It's actually a really balanced snack. It's delicious and it hits the sweet tooth. It's just seriously incredible. It's my favorite snack. Like I have it every single night and it is just my favorite thing ever. But in general, anything with chocolate is my favorite thing to eat at night. Like I I always want chocolate at night. The next question is how has type one diabetes affected you? Like in every way you can think of. And if you guys don't know, which I feel like everyone does at this point, but, um, almost a year ago, which is crazy. I was diagnosed with type one diabetes and, um, it kind of obviously came as a shock because I had been completely healthy my whole life and nobody in my family has it. It was just a shocker. Um, but now looking back on it, like my symptoms started probably a couple years before I was diagnosed, like kind of slowly, but surely. But anyways, 
how has it affected me? So when I saw this question, I was like, it didn't really affect me. And then I'm like, well, actually it affected me in every way. (laughs) And the thing is, I think I expected it to affect me really negatively, but it doesn't like it, it just, it just hasn't. It's almost like instead of, I expected type one diabetes to take a lot of things away from my life. And because of that, it would affect me a lot. But instead, it just added something to my life and affected me that way, if that makes sense. Like, I didn't lose anything. I just gained the fact that I have type 1 diabetes and that I have to take care of myself in a specific way and I have to take insulin in order to stay alive and I have to wear, like, some some things on my body. Well, that, I guess I don't have to. That's a choice. But... um like it more so just added an additional thing to my life rather than take things away. So how has it affected me in almost every way, but not in how you would expect. Like it just adds things that I have to do on my daily basis. And of course it adds worry and things like that, but it didn't take anything away from me. Not one thing besides, I guess, food freedom or just freedom in general. But you know what? Like at some point in life, everyone's going to have their thing. Everybody, everyone dies. And that's a harsh reality that I, I hate to think about because I hate the thought of dying. And I'm not saying I'm dying because I'm not, I just have a disease, but, (laughs) um, everybody dies. Everybody in their life gets their thing that they have to deal with. And I am honestly really grateful that the chronic illness that I was given is one that is very easily molded to however you want to live and whatever life you want to live. And in a sense, there is still a lot of freedom that other people with different chronic illnesses or different diseases or whatever don't get. And in that sense, I'm really grateful um, that this is what I get to live with rather than something more impactful on my daily basis. So I don't know, it's affected me in every way, but at the same time, like it just, it hasn't affected me as much as I expected it to a year ago. (laughs) Did I answer the question? I don't know. That's my answer though. Okay. The next question is what is a must have characteristic in a future person? And I feel like there's so many, I feel like I'm very picky nowadays Um, but I would say the, the most important thing to me is I need to feel safe and secure and heard like emotionally. And this is not me saying like, I'm not just don't read into anything. I'm saying, what do I need from the future? I'm not saying what I didn't get in the past. I'm not saying just shut up about the past. (laughs) Do me a favor and just shut up about the past. Okay. I'm talking about the future. What do I want in a future partner? I want to feel safe, secure, and heard and seen. Like I want to feel like I can voice my opinion. I want to feel like I can express my feelings. I want to feel like we can have a conversation about things that aren't right or that things that are bothering me and that it's a conversation and not a fight. And I want to feel like I can trust the person and I want to feel like the love is distributed equally and balanced 
when it can't be equal. So when I say that, I mean like, I just, I just don't feel like relationships are always 50, 50. I think there's times when one person needs 80% and one person has to give them that 80 and can only take 20 and then it switches and things like that. Like, I don't think a relationship should always be 50, 50, because I think if that's the case, the relationship is not balanced and healthy. You're not giving yourself what you need. Um, and so I just feel like there always has to be the balance, whether it's 50, 50 or it's 80, 20, whatever it is, there has to be that balance and that agreed upon balance and understanding that that is the case sometimes. Um, and I think that's especially important for me because I do have a chronic illness and sometimes some days things are just hard. And sometimes I just am burnt out from doing the work for an organ and I just need someone to be extra nice to me and extra caring. And like, I would expect my partner to do that without second thought. But same, same for me to them. Like if they're having a bad day or bad mental health day or whatever, like, of course I'm going to step up and be the extra percentage. This episode is brought to you by sax.com. At sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. When they can't be. So I think that's definitely a must have for me, I would say. The next question is a loaded question. And I know that a lot of people have very different opinions on this, but it's something that I don't really often talk about um, in general because I hate thinking about dying, but also especially online. But the question is, what do you believe happens after we die? And this is actually something that I talked about in therapy recently because I brought up how one of my biggest fears is dying. And she asked me, she was like, well, what do you think happens after we die? And my answer is, I don't think anything happens. I think that it's like when you go to sleep and you don't know you're sleeping, you just are. And then eventually in the morning you wake up and you knew you had been sleeping, but you have no recollection of the sleep. That's how I think it is when you die. I think you just, you just go and you don't know, and you're not in pain and nothing. I think that you just go. And my therapist was like, well, then if you don't even know it's happening, then why are you afraid of it? And honestly, that's kind of helped me not be so afraid of it. And I think I realized it's not necessarily the dying I'm scared of. It's the knowing I'm dying. I don't know. But to answer the question, I don't believe that my personal belief is I don't think that anything happens after we die. And to me, that is a little bit comforting because if you don't know, there's no emotion to feel. You can't feel sad. You can't, I think I fear that I will, I'll be sad but I don't believe that we know what happens. I think we just go. Next question is, when you see the TikToks about you and your life, does it still affect you? Absolutely, yes, 100%. Um, anytime I see any sort of comment judging me, my life, my choices, 
Augie's jumping around right now. He always does this when I record my podcast. Um, anytime I see a video about me, about a situation, reading into a situation, judging micro expressions in a, in a video or whatever it is, um, it hurts. It really does. I, I'm very sensitive and I am very hyper aware of myself, how I'm making others feel, how I feel, how others might be feeling. It's exhausting. Um, and to have to see that on a daily basis is a lot for me. And it really does affect me. Like, for example, I recently posted a video on YouTube with Avery where we reacted to my original like breakup YouTube video. And there was some comments that were like, why would so force Avery to do this? Like, this is definitely a conversation that should have been had behind closed doors, blah, blah, blah. And it's like frustrating because like, yeah, that makes sense why you, why some people had that judgment. Like I can definitely see where they're coming from. And I agree. Like it, it looked like it was a conversation that should have been had behind closed doors, but like, I didn't force her to sit there we thought it was going to be a funny video. Like we both were like, Oh my God, this would be funny. It was my idea, but she agreed to it. I didn't hold her. (laughs) Like I didn't tie her down and make her film the video. Um, and it it is a conversation that had already been had behind closed doors and I didn't expect her to cry. And then also if you guys watch the video, like I'm, I purposely left it in me being like, we do not have to film this because it was supposed to be funny and lighthearted ended up not being, but she was okay with it and she was she's an adult she can make her own choices and she i sent her the video after i edited it and i was like are you sure we had people who are close to us watch it and give their opinion see if it if it's like mean to post of avery everybody involved thought that it was fine and so i got i posted it and of course you still get comments that are like why would she do this to avery and it's like i didn't <laughs> it was agreed upon multiple people gave their opinion and said that it was fine. Like Avery isn't bothered by it. You know, like it was just like, that's just an example of like how things just get twisted online. I already was sort of like, Oh, I don't know. Are you sure? I kept being like, are you sure you want this posted? Are you sure? You have no idea. Like Avery would even vouch for me. Like I asked her a billion times. I made her have her mom watch it. Cause I was like, I need to make sure that this is okay. Cause I don't want to like make you feel uncomfortable, whatever. And then for people to still be like, Soph is so inconsiderate for posting this. Like it hurt my feelings because I was already insecure about it. And I don't know. It was just like, people just assume the worst in my intentions sometimes or judge me for things that just are not fair. And it really does affect me. Um, It also affects me because like, especially with people, which is so strange, telling me like, oh, like y'all are soulmates, get back together. And it's like, I'm like trying to, to like start dating again and like move on. And like, it's really frustrating because to think that anybody that I might be interested in is like seeing that and being like, probably like they'd probably be insecure about if I still like my, I don't know. It's just like very frustrating. And it's just like, I just want like everyone to shut up. But like, I know that this is like, I continue to share stuff and like, when am I going to learn my lesson? But still at the end of the day, like I enjoy sharing my life and I know what comes along with it is people judging it. But the reason I share so much of my life is to help people and to show people that 
they're not alone in feeling certain things. And I guess like seeing me not be perfect is helping somebody. And that's why I, I continue to post and why I continue to give, you know, information about my life to an extent, but it does, it does affect me when I see things about my life because like at the end of the day, social media is directed. Like I post what I choose to post. You don't even see like a fourth of the full story ever. And I just think for that reason, it affects me because people will make up their own. They'll, they'll fill in the blanks. And it's like, do I give everything and have no privacy? Or do I allow people to fill in the blanks and let it hurt me? And that's what I choose to do. But it does get hard sometimes. Next question is, what's something that you find so attractive? Um, so me and my friends were talking about how I like don't really have a type. Like I do. Like there's like specific like vibes of a person that I am always attracted to. But it's like everybody that I like looks different. And we kind of decided we're like, I think I'm super attracted to like a specific personality rather than like a look. And a lot of times people with that personality have like a similar vibe type thing. But, um, I really like people who are really sweet, but have like this like mysterious, like bad girl side to them. Um, or like careless side to them. Like think like Emma Chamberlain, like she's a perfect example. Like she's, she's just like, it's just like, Oh, like, (laughs) like Emma's just so attractive to me because she's just so mysterious and like, so like, doesn't care, but seems really sweet. I don't know. It's like, it's like the vibe of someone who's like about like, kind of gets into a little bit of trouble or like a little bit of a baddie, like a bad person, not like a bad person. Wait, this is coming out wrong. Like somebody that's like, you know, bad, but is nice to me. It's like that. Um, I I don't know. Does that make sense? It's like a personality thing. It's like the mysterious, like girl next door type of thing, I guess. Okay, the next question is, is it hard trying to find someone with the platform you have to start off with a clean slate? Oh my gosh, yes. This applies to friendships, applies to dating. It's crazy. Um, It's super frustrating too because like, I don't know, a lot of people like right off the bat start like talking about the whole breakup situation or whatever. And I'm like, Well, now like this is tainted because you did not hear about the breakup through me or through Avery. You didn't hear about the, I don't know. You heard about things online. And so automatically I'm like turned off to you because you're tainted. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I just like, if, if anybody like brings that up, I'm like red flag. I don't know. If someone knows too much about me, through online I'm like I don't I I just feel like you don't have a clean slate of me like you already have a judgment or opinion of me based on what I show online and if you make me if you like if your actions and what you ask me and what you talk to me about prove that belief that I have I'm gonna not want to go any further than 
anything with you. Like I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to be your friend or like date you or anything. Like I want to feel like you're learning about me from a clean slate. And it's been an issue like since I broke up with her, like, or even just finding friends. Like, I just feel like everyone already knows my business and people, I don't know. It's just a weird feeling. And I can't even imagine how it is for like celebrities. Cause I literally, I'm like a micro influencer, you know, like I, I just can't imagine how it is for like actual celebrities to date or to make friends. Like no wonder that so many people in the world of fame are depressed because it's like very isolating and it sounds stupid because you know people who are famous and celebrities and whatever like obviously have a lot of money and they seem to like be doing all these cool experiences whenever but I think it's just it's just a very isolating life even just being an influencer which is like so far from a celebrity obviously but even just being an influencer it's so isolating and yeah, it is really, really challenging to find someone that I feel like I can have a clean slate with for sure. The next question is, well, I guess it's like, yeah, question mm, is first sexual experience with a girl. How was it? So I was 18 or was I 19? I think I was 18. No, I was 19. Um, and I realized I had a crush on this girl. It was the first girl that I realized like, oh my God, wait, I have a crush on her. And she was already out and, um, we had like texted a little bit and I, and I think I had kind of hinted that I was like curious and she ended up, um, inviting me over and we hung out (laughs) and we ended up kissing obviously and I think that's all that happened that day but then shortly after like we hung out again and more happened um but it was really good in the sense of like I was like wow (laughs) like I am most definitely attracted to girls and it was like so exciting and like different and just felt so right and something that I hadn't felt before and I don't even remember what it was like actually like but I just remember the feeling of being like this is what it's supposed to be like this is what I'm supposed to feel and because of that it was like incredible because it was less of like a sexual experience with someone else and more of like a revelation and a understanding of myself and for myself. And yeah, it was just like a very, very exciting thing and really special. Like, obviously it's something that I'm going to remember forever. So that's my answer to that. The next question is, do you ever struggle with internal homophobia? So not anymore. Most definitely not anymore, but I've been out for a while now um, and I've publicly dated and I have a platform where I'm very openly gay and it's just the internalized homophobia has diminished like completely. But whenever I first came out, um, absolutely, like absolutely. I remember the moment when I realized that I had a crush on that girl. 
Um, and she left, we, we had been together and she left. And, um, I remember I was like, why am I sad? She's leaving. And then I actually like felt sick. I had to sit down on this bench, this stool. And I literally was like, no, 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 no. I think I even did it out loud. I was like, no, 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 no. And then I was like, you are not gay. You are not gay. You do not like girls. Nope. You are not a fucking lesbian. No, you are not. No, you are not. And I just was so like, no, you are not. You are not fucking gay. Like absolutely not. And I think that's because I had put so much of my worth in like male validation and growing up in like a a small town that was relatively closed off and conservative to gay people like that's how I was raised that's the mindset I grew up in like it like it was very much like it's not bad but like I'm not gay like that's kind of how everyone was like no I'm not gonna like whatever like I'm not gonna like ban banish a gay person but like I'm not gay absolutely like I'm not gay you know it was like it's homophobic, but it's not like maybe outwardly, outwardly. Yeah, that's a word. It's not like outwardly hatred, but it's more like, okay, cool. They can be gay, but like, remember that I'm not type of thing. Um, and I just was stuck in that mindset and was like, so disgusted with myself. And I even remember telling my friend, um, being like, oh my God, like, this, this girl that's gay is flirting with me. Like, it's so funny. Like, ew. And I, all the meanwhile, like, I had a crush on her. But I was like, oh, my God, this lesbian's flirting with me. Like, making a joke out of it to, like, push it off further. And then I also remember after I kissed a girl for the first time, I went and hung out with some friends at school. And I was like, yeah, like, she kissed me. Like, again, making a joke out of it when, like, I enjoyed it and I liked it. And I had felt some type of way like I I was definitely into her but I I hadn't come to terms with it yet and so I was most definitely internalized internalizing homophobia and I think even projecting homophobia and it was a really sad place to be in and I feel for anyone who's stuck there and I just it's it sucks because because you are suppressing a side of yourself so deeply you become an evil person. Not that I was an evil person, but I was like not exactly being the nicest towards gay people. And it's because I was so deeply suppressing what I felt inside that it made me think, believe, and say things that were not exactly the nicest. Do you know what I mean? Like I was like, Ugh, this lesbian's flirting with me. Like it's so funny. It's like, why is that funny? Why is that funny? It's not funny. It's just a human being that is flirting with another human being. There's nothing funny about that. You know what I mean? Like, it was just that I didn't want to admit that I I liked it. And yeah, so I don't struggle with that anymore. I'm very gay. I'm openly gay. I will tell anyone and everyone. And I think being gay is way cooler than being straight. Just saying. Um, But yeah, I definitely used to deal with that. The next question is, what is your love language? So I think... Um, my love language that I like to receive, my love language that I like to give are different. I think that I am somebody who does like, uh, gift giving and 
words of affirmation um, to others. Like I really like gifting people, whether it be like a coffee or like buying their coffee or getting them something special, like randomly or whatever. Like I really like, I guess borderline acts of service too. Cause I think like surprising them with like breakfast or something is like, I like to do that, but yeah, but to receive words of affirmation for sure. Like I need you to tell me every single day that you still like me. Cause I'm never going to believe that you do. So you need to tell me every single day <laughs> or just like tell me I'm doing a good job or tell me that you let, like, I don't know, just words of affirmation for sure. I think that, I guess we'll just put that. Cause I think that I give that to others too, but to receive, yeah, hundred percent words of affirmation. The next question is what motivates you in the morning? And honestly, you guys, like I'm assuming you're talking about like getting up, working out all that. And I have just been on that routine for so many years that it's just, it's just what I do now. Like I wake up, I work out in the mornings and I make breakfast and like, that's just what I do. I've been doing it since I got out of high school. Like I just started that way, way, way back when, and at, at one point stuck with it and had the motivation. And now it's just, it's just what I do. It's just second nature. It's just my daily life. And I think that's the key. If there's anything that you want to become your daily life, like you just have to push through and do it 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 until it just becomes your daily life. Like maybe it's just something as simple as like not going and getting breakfast out. Like you make breakfast at home. You just have to make breakfast at home every single day until it's just like, oh, gotta make breakfast. Like you, you do it at home. It's second nature. It's just what you do. And I think it's not even about motivation at this point. Like it's just, I wake up and I get my day started. And like, I just, I just don't, I'm not someone that likes to sit in bed. Sitting in bed doesn't make me feel good. Um, I'm not someone that likes to, you know, like lay and rest and lounge around in the morning. I like to get up and get at it. And so I think because I think it's a personality thing, like I'm very type A, if you guys haven't noticed, and I, I like I like to get up and at them, you know? And that's not to say that I don't have lazy days, but like I just I like to get up. I like to get my day started. I don't like the feeling of kind of waiting around and wasting the morning. So I think it's what motivates me is my personality, but also just the commitment that I had at one point is now paying off. And I think that's like like something to keep in mind. Like you guys, I think a lot of people work on like work to improve something and expect to see payoff, but like, it's not always instant. Like if you think about it, something I did when I was like 18 years old is now paying off as I'm 20, I almost said 24, I'm not 24 yet. Don't age me. Um, 23, you know, like something I was dedicated to at 18 is now paying off at 23. You know what I mean? The next question is, are you into someone right now? And I'm going to be honest with you guys. I do have a big fat crush right now, but that's all I'm saying. (laughs) Okay. The next question is, how is your heart really doing? Um, so it's doing fine. Um, it's most definitely a world's difference of how it was a few months ago And it definitely feels like I have glued my broken pieces back together for myself. 
And I feel like I am no longer like, I don't feel like my heart is broken anymore. It just feels sensitive. So like, for example, any little feeling I get towards a person or anything feels really heightened. Like, like I mentioned, I have a crush. That's scary to me because I remember how it felt to be hurt. But I think it's more just, I have to, like, you can't live like that, you know? Like, being in love with someone, dating someone, whatever, being friends with someone even, like, comes along with the risk of getting hurt. That is just life. And it is no way to live to be constantly afraid of that happening. You will never find love. You will never have those good experiences. Because at the end of the day, you find love to feel love. And how are you supposed to find it? if you don't let yourself feel it. And so I think that my heart is really excited to let someone in again at some point. Um, but it's, it's being cautious, but I think that's how my heart's really doing. All right. The next question is, have you kissed anyone this year? And the answer is no, I have not kissed anybody this year. And I like that because I feel like whenever I do, it's going to be very special and I want it to be someone that I like. I don't want it to just be like something stupid and random. I am at a stage stage in life where I'm very much over hookups. I'm not interested. I'm looking for real connection and long lasting connections with people. Um, I just am not interested in hookups. I'm not really interested in kissing random people. I'm just not. I want it to be someone that I care about. So, okay. The next question is what is your personal philosophy in life? Um, I would say it's kind of like, it's, it's short and sweet, but I always just think in my brain, like, watch me, watch me because I feel like there's so many things in life where people you know, assume I can't do it or look at it as like a really hard feat or whatever. And I just am like, watch me. Like, for example, people with type one diabetes have technically a shortened life expectancy. And in my brain, I'm like, not me. Like, watch me, watch me live a long ass life. Like, watch me. It's just not a question to me. Like, or even just like living a normal life with type 1 diabetes or managing it well. I'm like, literally watch me because I'm gonna. Like, I just am gonna. If anyone's gonna do it, it's me. And I think I'm like in that headspace where I'm just always like, yes, I will make it happen. Just if, if I have any dreams, career goals, anything, I'm like, I don't know how the heck I'm gonna get there, but I'm gonna watch me. And I kind of always had that mindset. Um, like even, it's crazy because as like a teenager and stuff, I was always like, I want to do YouTube so bad, so bad, blah, blah, blah. And in my head, like I always was like, I'm gonna like, just watch, I'm gonna. And then I ended up doing it by accident, you know, but it's just crazy. And I think it's because you put yourself or I, I, by saying that to myself, I put myself in a headspace where I just give myself those opportunities to, for things like that to happen, you know? And yeah, so I'm, I'm always just sort of like, watch me. I kind of want to get that tattooed. <laughs> um, the next question is how to enjoy sex after a long-term relationship ends. And 
I chose this because I think that that's a good question because I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, I would say it's hard um, whenever you're healing for it to be enjoyable. Not that it's like not enjoyable, but for it to be like it was when you were in love in a long-term relationship. Um, but I think that if, if you're not enjoying it, if it's not what it, what it was, you're probably just not in a place where you should be doing that. Um, and I think that I kind of learned that and decided like, I I just want to not be doing hookups. I don't want to be doing any of this. Like I, I want to have a crush on someone and have it be a meaningful connection and, you know, work our way to that rather than it just being like casual. I don't know. I just, I just don't, I'm just not into having casual sex and hookups and all that. And, um, I think it's because after being in a long-term relationship, like that just feels so not, not it for me. It's just not after feeling a a special connection with someone like you do in a long-term relationship, in my opinion, like just casual sex and hookups just feel so like invaluable to me. So I don't know. I guess if you're not enjoying it, just maybe it's just not time yet. Maybe that's not where you're at. Maybe you need to be focusing on healing and doing other things. Um, okay. The next question is, would you ever consider dating a guy? And, um, so this is like an interesting question because obviously I I get a lot of questions about like, what is my sexuality? And I just don't know. Like, I never meet guys in real life that I have a crush on or that I'm like, oh my God, like I can't stop thinking about him. But like I can acknowledge that men are handsome or cute or whatever. And like Cole Sprouse is really hot to me. <laughs> you guys know. Um, but I don't know. Like I just, I just have not, ever since I started dating women, have no desire to date a man. I just don't feel like I have emotional connections to them and I just, I just don't like actively look for that. Like when I think about wanting a relationship, it's, I think about a woman, like I don't think about a man and you know, I, I did some looking when I was on dating apps like a couple months ago and I just wasn't interested in men. Like I, I, looked around a bit and I was like, yeah, no, this is just not it. I just don't, I just don't like you guys. Um, so it's not that I'm not like, it's not that I'm closed off to dating a man. I just don't think I would ever want to. Um, and definitely not like I'm, I'm not looking for a boyfriend at all, even a little bit. (laughs) We'll end off on this one because as summer is approaching, I know that this is something that a lot of people are wondering uh, like what to do and things like that. And it is my shaving slash moisturizing routine. So as a hairy girl, (laughs) I have dark, thick hair all over my body. Um, I have been through the ringer with shaving and just hair removal in general, which I want to preface by saying hair removal is hundred percent a choice and 
you do not have to remove hair from any part of your body if you don't want to. Not one part. Like, you are beautiful the way you are. I choose to remove a lot of my hair um, because it just makes me insecure. I don't know why. I just, that's how I feel about myself. Like, I shave my arms. I shave my legs. I shave my bikini area. I shave uh, my butt cheeks and I shave like my lower back because I have very, very, very thick, dark hair everywhere. Um, and I will talk about, so for my bikini line, I have tried waxing and I really, really, really loved the results, but I hated the, how you had to grow it out so much like in between, like, it's really great if you're going on like a vacation, but it's not for me, it wasn't practical to keep up with like living in Florida, being in my bathing suit all the time, because like it looks great for a week or, or two. And then like, it's really hairy for like a long ass time. And it's just not worth it for me. Um, so I just shave everything. I really want to get laser, but I just haven't gotten around to it. But, um, yeah, I shave everything. And what I do is I have a dry brush you can get it at Target, Amazon, literally everywhere. And I use it in the shower. So it's supposed to be a brush that you use like dry outside of the shower, but I use it in the shower. I put soap on it and I go over my whole body very gently because it's like very rough, but it scratches. It feels so good. Um, and I do it all over my body. And then I take a loofah and I put soap on that. And I, you know, put more soap on my body and I just go with a razor and I use a men's razor and I change the blade a lot, like a lot, a lot. And I don't know exactly how frequently, but like, I don't reuse the blade often. Like it's definitely not done when I change it, but especially if I'm going to be shaving like the bikini area, it needs to be a new razor. Um, and so I just shave like, so for my arms, I just shave, um, up and then I shave down. Like I go both directions. Oh, I also shave my stomach and and around my nipples. (laughs) I don't know if I said that. Um, but yeah, and then I, so then I put soap on the area I'm going to shave and like for my stomach, I shave, um, down at like the happy trail area and then up on the rest of the stomach. And then I just like carefully go around the nipple. And then for my legs, I, um, go up on my shins and then, um, up on my thighs and then down on the back of my thighs. And then on my butt, I just go up. And then my, my lower back, I just go up. And then for the bikini area, I go like in, like I go towards and get everything that way. And then I go outward and yeah, does that make sense? And then once I finish that, um, when I get out of the shower, I moisturize just with, I think I use Nivea right now, just, uh, moisturizing lotion like a very moisturizing lotion and that's what I do it's I'm telling you the dry brush is like the secret it makes your skin so so smooth so yeah I would say that's my shaving routine oh my armpits my armpits I shave down and up um but yeah that's my shaving routine and my moisturizing routine I just use like Nivea um and I put moisturizer on every single time I get out of the shower no ifs, ands, or buts. It doesn't matter if I shave. It doesn't matter if it was a two-second shower. I always, 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 always put moisturizer on when I get out of the shower. And also, fun fact, um, I don't know if this is, like, why I... Because I, like, 
can't even lie, I smell really good. <laughs> and I know that because I get told that like all of the time, like literally all the time. And um, I think one of the reasons that I maybe smell so good is because so when you get out of the shower, your skin is the most like supple and I spray my perfume on my body like very soon after my shower so that it absorbs into my skin so like intensely. And I think that's maybe why I am able to smell so good. Maybe. I don't know. Anyways, I really hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. It was definitely TMI. There were some more TMI questions, but I just cannot. I can't. Um, digital footprint, you guys, digital footprint. (laughs) Um, but I did, I do hope that it was TMI enough for y'all and yeah, all that being said, I love you all so much and I will talk to you so super soon in the next episode. Bye.